0: to another edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. My name is Dean Millard, and it is great to have you aboard on the program for this Tuesday, where we have a lot to talk about after last night's bizarre games, really bizarre week so far in the National Football League with player usage. I don't get it. Uh, Also, right now, big game. Jays down 4-2 in the ninth. Vlad Guerrero just struck out. Uh, So Blue Jays, two men on right now. The big man, Vlad Guerrero, goes down swinging in the ninth. So they're down to their final out. Good thing is Bo Bichette is coming up to bat. And he just does nothing but hit home runs lately. So... We'll be keeping our eye on this contest as it uh, comes to a close. Hopefully for Jays fans, they can extend it. And for Northern Fury, Bo Bichette can be the man in UFLB. This is what we've got going. The big Stein, Gage Steinke, who is a man of many UFFS franchises, will join the show today. And we'll chat with him a little bit about week one, maybe some baseball. And of course, he is the defending champion uh, in the UFBA For the Midnight Owls. So that's pretty impressive stuff when it comes to the big sign. Larry Fisher is the head of hockey. He's the man behind all kinds of scouting at uh, UFF Sports. He's going to join us and we're going to talk about defensemen in fantasy hockey. We're also going to start discussing Connor Bedard Because yesterday on the program, Rod Peterson said emphatically, the Regina Pats need to trade this guy. They need to rebuild for the future, said Rod. So there's the poll question right now. On Twitch, what do the Pats do with Connor Bernard? We'll get to that in a bit. We'll also have our Dauber Hockey Detroit Red Wings preview. The Wings are reloading. A future, well, a current Red Wing. Mark Pesek is scheduled to join the show tomorrow. That's going to be fun. We'll have our top three, our question of the day, games to watch, and fake locker room sound. Fake locker room sound. We're going inside the Denver Broncos locker room last night after the controversial call. Oh, and Bo Bichette looks at a hundred mile an hour fastball inside. Good eye. Two and two now for the Blue Jays. Infielder. So we're going to have some fun with fake locker room sound. Uh, but man, is there a lot uh, to unpack? And we start every show uh, with our question of the day. And as I mentioned, oh, and Bichette fights off a 100 mile an hour high fastball. What should the Pats do with Connor Bedard? And not only is it a question you can vote on in Twitch, where you're watching on the message board and the poll question is up there. You can also vote on Twitter. Just head to UFS Network and have your say when it comes to Mr. Connor Bernard. Look at that, 50-50 right now. So should they trade him and load up for the future and get a bundle? You would get... First-round picks galore and prospects. This is one of the best players to come out of the WHL in a long time. So you would get a boatload. And Rod and I talked about it. This is his third year. They should already have built a big team around him. So it might be too late to go out and get enough players to make a run. And this should have happened last year. She's had two good runs with Connor Bernard. In my opinion, it's too late. They could set themselves up. So, here's a flashback. Shockingly, I'm going to tell you a story about the Brandon Wheat Kings. Brandon Wheat Kings, early 90s, won 11 games. They were horror-awful. Terrible. They had a really, really good player, though, in Trevor Kidd. Went, I think, 11th overall to the Flames. Never panned out, but was a really good junior goalie. They traded him to Spokane. Spokane won the Memorial Cup. The Brandon Wheat ended up getting, as part of the package, they got Bart Cote, good player, but they got Marty Murray. And Kelly McCroman will tell you, that trade changed the franchise. Bedard could be the same thing. You trade him, you get something back, you finally build around it, because they didn't build around this guy. They had Marty, but they had the better version of Marty Murray. They had Bedard, and they didn't build around him. So now they got to do it again, because I do not think you can get enough right now, to build around him. So have your say, vote, as I said, on Twitter, UFS network. And uh, yeah, you can uh, chime in on uh, the poll question. You can also vote on our Twitch channel on uh, the poll question as well. Uh, I don't know what the poll results are, uh, but I can just quickly check on Twitch and uh, see what the results are. Oh no, that's, uh, that's an old one. So anyway, uh, vote on uh, Twitch. If you uh, would feel like to, Andrea says, Ola, Ola, happy birthday, Andrea, Andrea Ellis celebrating a lovely birthday today. Hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, the haunch Tony spoils you rotten because you certainly uh, deserve it with the uh, amount of work that you do. As mentioned, you can vote on the question of the day and we can have some fun with that. We're going to talk with Larry Fisher about that for sure. All right. Our top three tonight, a little bit selfish with this one. I'm going to Roger Waters tonight at uh, Roger's place, ironically. And uh, the Blue Jays have lost Bo Bichette. Grounds out to first. That's a big win for Tampa Bay. As they're chasing, and the Jays are obviously chasing Tampa Bay. Anyway, I'm going to Roger Waters. We've had these tickets for two years. Uh, It's been postponed. So I want to know what your top three walk-up songs would be. If you were a baseball player, maybe you're a UFC fighter, what your entrance song would be. It's inspired by what I think is the best walk-up song in Major League Baseball. And hopefully this
1: works. Your love
0: so there you go. That's Charlie Blackman's walk-up music of the Colorado Rockies. One of the main reasons I want to go to a Rockies game, because the crowd gets into it, it's awesome. So, what are your three walk-up entrance songs? What would they be? Like, I'm going with Long Night from Ween. It's a really rough song. Some of the lyrics are definitely not very PG, uh, but it gets you really ramped up. Rockin' in the Free World, I was going to go with Old Man, because I am old, but Neil Young, Rockin' in the Free World, great song, my favorite artist, Neil Young. And... How do you how do you not, uh, when I'm going to a, a Roger Waters concert, include money, and that's the ultimate cockiness song? You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Exactly, At Crash Davis. You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. So what would your top three walk-up slash entrance songs be if you were in UFC or possibly if you were a baseball player. Might have left my mic on there as I sang along with that. Uh, Might have put the mic on a little bit too early. I apologize for that. All right, uh, we are coming to you live from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. My name is Dean Millard and lots of stuff uh, to discuss today, uh, particularly uh, in the hockey world. Big signing in the National Hockey League. And that is the St. Louis Blues and Jordan Kairou. Getting a deal done. This deal won't kick in until next year. uh, Cairo, uh is a uh, free; uh, he's locked up uh, this year. But this is, uh, you know, matches some of the longer deals that we have seen in the NHL. And we'll get to that in a second. But Kairu signs an eight-year, sixty-five million dollar deal, so just over eight million. Per year will kick in next year as well. 27 goals, 48 assists, 75 points. All career highs for the St. Louis Blue forward and a member of West Coast Express. That is uh, important because uh, the Express are in a salary cap league in the UFHL. So it's a good contract, similar to what Robert Thomas got. Uh, from St. Louis, and and uh, the, it's the going rate. I mean, eight-year contracts are all the rage. And I who's, who can argue with this contract? It's going to be a steal if Cairo, you know, even just stays at 75 points because the cap is going to go up. And these eight-year deals have been massive. Look at this couple of tweets from Chris Johnson. Living life to the max for sure. Kairu, Stutzla, Huberto, Kachuk, Josh Norris, Sergachev, Sorelli, Cernak, Robert Thomas, as I just mentioned, Val Natushkin, Philip Forsberg, all eight-year extensions, and then a couple of seven-year guys and Kadri, Gaudreau, and Vincent Trocek. So teams are locking up their stars, and you should. Like, you should lock up your stars in the National Hockey League, um, as long as you get it right. But second-year contracts, guys are hitting it. All right, uh, reliever music, the wild thing from Nick VIP in the uh, Twitch chat. I love that one. Uh, don't don't you just get pumped up when you, you watch Major League and Wild Thing comes in? Much better uh, outcome than Mitch Williams' Wild Thing against the Blue Jays in the nineties. Mark the Red, I don't know about walk-up music, Dean, but I think your fight name would be Dean Money Millard. Oh, I, I like the Money Millard. Oh, it. UFC Break Stuff. If, if Nick was in the UFC, Break Stuff from Limp, Dis- Limp Biscuit is uh, what Nick would be coming in. And Welcome to the Jungle is my walk-up song in baseball. That's a great one it is great you know I'm not a huge DC fan but I do like listening to it in the dressing room before a game and I was loving when I went to the brick tournament a few years ago and uh, the kids were still listening to DC at 10 much probably to due to their parents uh, putting it on uh, but Jordan Cairo uh, one of the many blues that have been locked up uh, one of the many players as you'll see have been locked up uh, for eight years uh, and listen I this is a I I like the what the st Louis blues have been building. Doug Armstrong, getting it done in St. Louis, and they've been a contender. And they haven't, to my knowledge, uh, they, you know, they have still have some first round picks in the next three years as well. So Ryan O'Reilly, seven and a half million dollars. He's thirty one. He's a UFA next year. Good contract. Same with Tarasenko. Both of those guys, they're going to take pay cuts. Braden Shen, he's making a little bit more money than you probably want to for a few more years at six and a half. But Bushnevich signed for three more years. Saad signed for four more years. Cairo, eight more after this. Robert Thomas, eight more after this. Justin Falk signed long term. Tory Krug, Colton Perico. They have their stars locked up, including Jordan Bennington. So Doug Armstrong getting it done in St. Louis uh, as another long term contract. Uh, was signed today. Jordan Cairo, eight years. Uh, $65 million uh, is the deal for Jordan Cairo. What do you think of this deal? Chime in on Twitch in the message board or hit me up on Twitter at Duck Millard. You can also reach us at UFS Network on Twitter as well. And yeah, we'd love to hear your walk up songs. Uh, as well as uh, what do you think the Regina Pats should do with Connor Bedard? Do they trade him and load up for the future, or do they load up now and try to win a Memorial Cup? Uh, This story breaking earlier today, the NBA announced that Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury owner Robert Sarver has been suspended from the league for one year after an investigation into inappropriate workplace conduct also uh fine 1 million dollars is that did i uh i believe uh there's also a uh possibly a 1 oh, a 10 million dollar fine i was going to say 1 million dollars 10 million dollars and the reaction from this has not been good uh, people are saying this is a slap on the wrist one year um you know I, there's a lot to to unpack with this but just, you know, listen, things got better for the Clippers when their owner got in trouble and, and things changed. So maybe if you're a Suns fan or you have Suns in the fantasy, you are happy uh, about a potential ownership change. It's never good news when any of this happens, but I don't know. I, I haven't dove into this story a ton yet, uh, but I, we will uh, try to get somebody on to chat about this in the, uh, in the next coming days. Uh, how about this costly mistake? last night the colts they're punting their kicker after he missed a costly kick missed it by that much so there you go they are getting rid of their kicker and you know speaking of kicking i mean i don't know what you thought of last night's debacle between the Broncos and the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson, the guy you paid all the money to, the guy you traded for, gave him a new contract with all that guaranteed money, leading your team in the fourth quarter down by a point. The guy who is a comeback general. And what do you do? You run down the clock, take a timeout, Call Wilson off the field and try to kick the second longest field goal in NFL history. And you even had a redo because they called a timeout. Like you had a chance to say, you know what? I am definitely outsmarting myself here. And you didn't do it. Wow. One of the weirdest outcomes. With Russell Wilson on the bench. Yeah, and the Seahawks are celebrating that one for sure. That was wild. That was incredible. How that was happening. It was like watching a car crash that you can't turn away from. Everybody is yelling, keep Russell on the field. Guys losing their fantasy in week one, losing their minds. Incredible. The kickers get cut. Do coaches get fired after week one? That's wild. All right. We're going to dive into that and much more. A bunch of stuff happened in week one. How was Gage Steinke and the Gridiron Seals impacted? How was their week one? They're members of the UFAFL. They're also defending champions of the Midnight Owls and UFBA and the Space Luggers and UFLB. He's a UFFS veteran. We're going to talk to Gage about that and some fun when we come back. We're always trying to have a lot of fun on this program. This, of course, is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. I'm going to get Gage set up. He's logged in and ready to go. We'll get him set up, and we'll be back in just about 45 seconds or so. Keep this train rolling here on a Tuesday. Dynamite show lined up for you. Gage Steinke's going to join us uh, right away. Larry Fisher uh, still to come in hour number two. We're going to go over fantasy defensemen on ice. And, of course, we will get to the question of the day. What should the Regina Pats do with Connor Petard? Load up and go for a Memorial Cup run or trade him away and load up for the future? You can vote at ufs network on twitter and have your say in that case all right uh let's bring in our uh next guest uh, he is a veteran in the uffs ecosystem and a uh good friend of mine uh, i'd like to welcome in uh gage steinke let me bring up the shot there we go gage how are you buddy I'm doing great, Dean. How are you? Nice to see you. uh, It's great to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. And, of course, I used to see you regularly. You're a a member of uh, the Plant Life family, and and I love coming to visit you guys. So I'm going to have to make a drive and and, and come and visit. But, man, let's talk about last night. It's the only game on anticipation for Russell Wilson returning. First of all, can you believe he gets booed? Like, this guy did everything for that city, and they booed him.
2: I honestly couldn't believe it. it. It shocked me quite a bit. I figured it would be cheers. There'd be bras coming off, everything. <laughs> but no, I was not expecting booze.
0: Yeah. And I was not expecting how that finished. I mean, the, the clock is ticking down. You've got Russell Wilson. You were thinking, hey, is this going to be another magical Monday night finish sort of comeback? And they run the clock down. Like, what is going through your mind as you're watching that scenario unfold?
2: I couldn't believe it. Honestly, it's like, they're not even in Denver. So right away, I thought the the kick was not even an option. Like if they're in Denver, okay, that kind of makes sense. But they weren't, um, especially paying all that money for Russell Wilson. It's like, let Russ cook. That's literally why you brought him in was to advance the ball six yards on a fourth and five with 40 seconds left. Instead, they let what 21 seconds burn off the clock. And then, I mean, Props to McManus. He had the leg. He just missed it by a little bit. But again, sixty-four-yard field goal is not chump change.
0: No, it's the second longest field goal in history. And like, uh, listen, I think Russell Wilson is is a pro. Like he's a professional. Um, I I did watch Nathaniel Hackett's post game last night, and still didn't really understand. It. You're trying to kick the second longest field goal. I know. I don't know. I just, I just like you're, like, you're right. You're not even in mile high, and then you get a do-over because they call a timeout, and it's like you could say, hey, I could, I shouldn't do this. Like I can't believe nobody, kind of talked him off of this hill a little bit, and then I just, I'd love to know what Russell Wilson was really thinking as he watched this.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It really killed me. I was in a matchup where I, I ended up losing by 0.34 and my opponent wow. had Russ. So I was hoping that Russ tried to throw something there through a pick maybe or anything. Um, and then no, I lost by 0.34 of points, but I mean, yeah, I just still can't believe that, uh, Russ went into Seattle and lost.
0: Well, and, and lost that way. And I mean, that's the thing, like, listen, Nobody expects NFL coaches to uh, think of fantasy when they're making decisions. But that's what we do. We think of fantasy, and we're like, if he would have done this like you normally thought, like no, most people normally would, it it would have had a, a different impact. Maybe some people win. Maybe Russ throws a touchdown and somebody wins or something. But it just goes to prove that every decision has an impact in fantasy. I lost in the league final in a safety a couple of years ago. I mean, every play matters, doesn't it?
2: I mean, if we want to talk about that, the Gridiron Seals lost our first-round playoff matchup because Kyler decided to throw a pick with two seconds left, and then our opponent had that player who got that pick six with no time left, so... I believe we had the second most points out of anyone that week too. So yeah, talking about bad beats and every play mattering, it really, really does.
0: Yeah, it does. And it makes you watch, uh, watch to the end. What, what stood out for you from a fantasy perspective and and maybe, you know, impacted uh, you uh, that, that you noticed the most in week one, there was so much to unpack from week one.
2: I mean, our board, Jamar Chase, is arguably the wide receiver one in Dynasty. Um, I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I love him. Justin Jefferson looked really, really good too, but we all knew that was going to happen. I'd say I think Michael Carter looked really good. Everyone was all in on Brees Hall. Now I know I'm Mm. plugging Gridiron Seals here, but I think Michael Carter looked really, really good out there too.
0: Yeah, I I thought so uh, as well. And, And the... The overreactions to guys. I mean, the the Cam Akers situation on Thursday was weird. Austin Eckler was weird. Um, But this is fantasy, and you have to ride the waves. Jamie Thomas and I did the overreaction of the week. We tried to do that on Mondays. I mean, you have to really be patient in fantasy like you can get excited like I got excited one time after Sammy Watkins after week one and did nothing after that so you can be excited but you have to really temper expectations and be a little bit patient even if you have a massive week one don't you
2: yeah, definitely. Um, you don't, you're not going to win the championship in week one. A lot of times week one really doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? It's the first win. Everyone loves to win week one, but if you lose it, you're 0-1 and you just move forward, right? Now, with that being said, I'd love to uh, shout out the Seals for their big win this week. We really loved having Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I think that connection is uh, one of the top QB wide receiver connections in the UFAFL.
0: Uh, that's it's really hard to argue uh, with with those two guys and, and what they did was phenomenal. So you're obviously in the UFAFL with the Gridiron Seals. How many fantasy league fantasy football leagues are you in in total?
2: I actually trimmed a lot this year. Um, I'm I'm in eight only if you don't. So nine if you count the UFAFL, and then I'm in two spread pools. So altogether eleven. Which okay. if you asked me two years ago, I was in at least thirty.
0: Yeah, I know, and 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 I'm thinking the UFAFL is a, a, a lot of work, and and that's why I I gassed all my other hockey leagues because I'm fully concentrating on. It's realistic. It's it's uh, a lot of work. And listen, you guys uh, had the bad beat. You know, if fantasy football can motivate it, it's you guys. You guys are motivated this year because of that bad beat.
2: Oh, we're so hungry. We're we're hungrier than ever. And this is where I definitely, um, like you said, it's a lot to do in the UFAFL. That's where having someone like the in the trenches management or our, um, TFSN is just huge for us. Cause if there's something I can't do, um, we have other teammates that can, and then collectively five brains are always better than one.
0: That's the thing. Um, this fantasy ecosystem that we're in, I mean, you really, it's, it's, Almost impossible to run one of these franchises by yourself because you have scouting, uh, you have obviously lineup decisions, you have cap decisions because uh, they're all uh, exactly like the real world leagues. How fun is it to to be to be making those team decisions? I know in hockey, I love uh, giving the guys on on our squad a call and discussing or texting, and and you know it it really gives you that in the trenches as you guys are kind of feel, doesn't it?
2: It does. I love it. Cause again, we all have different, uh, strengths and weaknesses and we kind of just come together as a whole. And a lot of the times the decisions are made collectively, but it's always one final decision. Um, somewhere as like the midnight owls for example in the ufba i took that on solo and having never done fantasy basketball before after two weeks i realized it was maybe a lot and i brought on an agm and uh i can't say anything bad nick came in and helped me out a lot and we actually became the regular season champs ironically losing to a fellow in the trenches management um gm and chris Crowell in the finals but um Yeah, it's definitely a lot, but if you can find that right person or right people to help you, it definitely makes it a lot easier and a lot lot. more fun too.
0: Well, congratulations on that regular season championship. Uh, and, and again, uh, makes you hungry coming back. Um, the NBA offseason is as wild as any uh, offseason out there. I mean, they really need their own reality show. It's, and it's sometimes hard to keep up with uh, in the NBA. So uh, I, I commend you for that. What was the fantasy basketball experience like having never been in that? To win a regular season title in your debut is pretty impressive.
2: Oh, it was so stressful. There were the first couple weeks, there were some guys I still didn't even fully know who they were. Um, just low guys at the bottom of the bench. Um, again, the experience though was great. I can't say I'm going to take on any other fantasy basketball. I'm going to keep it to UFBA and only UFBA. Uh, but it was definitely a new thrill for me, loving fantasy. I'd never done basketball before. And uh, yeah, it was a. I loved it.
0: Yeah, it's a, it is an interesting thing. The load management in basketball is really tough to to get like around. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, like I, you know, I had Kawhi two years ago, and I didn't have him in the playoffs, and and for for a lot of it. So it is. A little tougher. And that in general, you know, I, I hope we don't see it in, in hockey. I, I, I don't see it coming in. Obviously, baseball, there's enough games in baseball and, and football, there's there's fewer games, but it's the one thing that makes basketball really, really tough. And you're at the mercy of whatever's going on with that franchise at that moment in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I think the other big thing with basketball is the salary getting thrown around. You have players making sixty million dollars a year. It's like you don't see that in any other sport. You know what I mean? Hockey players. You look at McDavid. He's making twelve million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at baseball. Thirty tends to be the cap, which is still a lot. But then, like for the Midnight Owls, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo on our mm-hmm. team. In two years, he's making sixty million dollars. That's going to be fifty percent of the cap. It's like how how do you manage? Uh, someone at 50% of your cap on that team. So that's a problem we're going to look at in the future. (laughs) Not going to worry about that today, but uh, I think that makes basketball a different beast is just the money thrown around.
0: Yeah, that's future gauges problem. You're worried about exactly. that down the road. But but it is yeah. a thing. In in these dynasty leagues, when you're dealing with, whether it's a luxury tax in the UFLB or, or salary caps in the other league, you have to. Like, if you don't have at least an Excel spreadsheet, uh, do you even fantasy? Because you got to have contracts up to, like, 25, 26, whatever. You have to be looking ahead. Who's getting a raise? We know in the NHL, second contracts are massive, and I'm sure it's similar in other sports. So in dynasty, while you, you're... you're... You're always focused on the lineup. You have to have that one part of your brain on the future, or else you end up having to pay to, to to get people to take bad contracts off your hands.
2: Yeah, definitely. I ran into that issue in UFBA this year. I had to trade Chris Paul. Did I want to trade Chris Paul? No, but I had no choice. My hands were tied. Um, Yeah. So it's definitely, like you said, it's an extra little wrinkle in there. And then back on your spreadsheet comment, that's why I love having the team that I have. I'm not a spreadsheet guy, but I've got the Trevors and the Chris's and the Alex's that come in and do the spreadsheets. And then it's like, thank you. They're just blessings in disguises for sure.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Alex is like the spreadsheet king. Like, I thought my spreadsheet was okay a couple of years ago, and then he sent me kind of a, a copy of what he was doing in hockey, and I'm like, I really got to up my spreadsheet game because – and, and that's right, that you have different people that have different strengths. I'm lucky in hockey – I have Craig Button that helps me with consulting and trades, and it's nice to lean on a guy who's won a Stanley Cup. But if you can just have people do their strengths, you can really succeed. And in this you know, high-level fantasy, as we call it, or in, in general, I, I think like you guys have the right thing going on with the in-the-trenches. I mean, there are so many avenues you guys can go down in, in any sport, and you're literally represented in every sport. For
2: sure. And stay tuned. The trench fantasy sport Network where it has uh, big things coming. So stay tuned UFFS world. Ah. Uh, but even what you were saying, like having someone like Nick Lewis as the owner for the gridiron seals, he brings that stuff that an ex pro athlete brings. You know what I mean? A lot of that stuff to the table that we would never think of. We've hopped on zoom calls with ex GMs and ex coaches, stuff that would never else um, be an opportunity for us. So having someone like Nick at the helm there really helps too.
0: So let's go back a little bit in time to that very first draft, um, oh. and and the 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 grind that that fifty three round draft was. And you guys, you guys did a cool thing. You guys flew down. You're all in a place. But you know, there's going to be it's going to be like that scene in Jaws where they're comparing scars. Like you know, years down the road, GMs in this league are going to be comparing their fantasy draft stories from the initial veteran draft.
2: Yeah, that veteran draft was wild. Now I live in a small I live in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, so I hopped on a plane and flew to Orlando solo in the middle of COVID, having never done anything like that to meet a bunch of guys I'd only ever met on a computer screen. So it was super sweet. We uh, all stayed in a a nice mansion and did the draft live in person. Uh, but we do have everything recorded, so we're definitely going to be looking back um, if we have not already, um, and uh, comparing picks to Asda, where we thought they were going to be or picks we did make, or like I said, we've got a lot of footage, a lot of good stuff. Again, things coming for the Trench Fantasy Sports Network.
0: That is awesome stuff. Uh, Okay, lastly, uh, you're also involved with the the Space Sluggers in baseball. Um, I think you're a big Jays fan, lost a tough one today, Uh, but how's the baseball been this year? I know, uh, obviously, some scoring issues to work out as we work out things uh, in the first year of all of our leagues, so uh, that won't be any different, but uh, how's how's the baseball been uh, for enjoyment factor?
2: Uh, Very enjoyment. Uh, With baseball, a little bit different. We took a different approach. Uh, We decided to kind of take the rebuild approach. So we ended up moving a lot of the bodies we didn't see on our team in the next couple of years for high end prospects. I think at one point we had seven top 10 prospects on our roster. uh, Sorry, top 100 prospects on our roster. Um, Some have since been moved, but it's kind of been a different approach. But I'm very excited to see where we are in the next couple of years. Um, one nice bright spot for us is the man, the legend, Albert Pujols, who's oh. almost at 700 home runs. I know we had a lot of people interested in him at the trade deadline, but we kind of put our foot down and Pujols is going to retire a base slugger and then uh, we will sell him to the highest bidder when it comes to the Legends League.
0: And that's what you do. I mean, the machine has been awesome. It's been one of the best stories in baseball. And, you know, he participated in that home run derby. He has more home runs than anybody in that derby since the All-Star break. And, you know, obviously it helps that he can DH all the time in St. Louis. And it would be the biggest crime in sports if he doesn't get to 700. He's going to get there. It's It's just a matter of time. It's so fun to watch. This is a great story in baseball this year and fantasy baseball because he, you know, even though you guys are holding on to him, there are other people that they're starting him in their lineups cuz he's he's hot right now. And I mean, he's starting for
2: us. But at this point, we're so far back mm-hmm. in the standings. And if I recall, a snapshot was made already. So whether we move up or down our draft pick is still the same. Um, on that note, Space Sluggers have our number two overall pick up for sale as well. So anyone out there listening who is interested in a top two pick, um, get at me.
0: All right. I love it. Uh, getting the trade offers out there. Gage, this is great. Uh, we're going to have to do this uh, in person uh, in the next little while. Maybe we'll get you out in studio or something like that. But thanks so much uh, for joining me on the show today. Uh, congratulations, uh, first of all, on uh, the regular season championship, uh, the run with the gridiron uh, going into to week two. It's exciting. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. And uh, take care, man. Good luck with everything.
2: Always a pleasure, Dean. Love to come in studio sometime. So,
0: uh, yeah, we won't be strangers. Excellent. Take care, man. Uh, there's uh, Gates Stanky. Man, does he do a lot in UFFS and uh, a lot of success. How about that? First year in a fantasy basketball league and they win the regular season champs and they lose to one of their team members, but it's all a big family. So in the trenches, management uh, doing some good stuff. Can't wait to uh, see more about the developments that they are talking about. Nick TVIP chiming in on Twitch. Regina Pats have had years to build the team up. They have to trade Bedard for the future. Word is maybe host city Kamloops. Well, if you ask Larry Fisher, he'll he'll tell us later. Kamloops has the picks to make this stuff happen. Andy Mack Live, great show, guys. Thank you very much. And Tony says, NBA is all about the stars. It is. It's a superstar league, great personalities, and they, they win the offseason. They win every offseason uh, that is out there. They need uh, their own reality show. All right, so last night, wild stuff between Seattle And the Denver Broncos. Like, just incredible decision-making by the Broncos in this contest. Something we do on this that no show does is we're going to take you inside the fake locker room. You're going to hear from Nathaniel Hackett in fake locker room sound when we come back. I I still can't believe it. I'm watching it again. So we're going to have that coming up next. Fake locker room sound. Uh, Still to come, Larry Fisher, head of hockey for UFF Sports. We'll discuss Connor Bedard. Also, we're going to get deep into fantasy defensemen, the Detroit Red Wings, Dauber Hockey Preview, and games to watch on the schedule. As we go to break, check out something really cool that we have going on. VR1 Racing, the ultimate crypto drivers championship we're back in a second get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion create your crypto livery enter with the best designs enter to win prizes outrace your competition winning is all that matters Watch the other racers in your rearview mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last, if you're not rubbing. You're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. Eastern Time, 2.43, uh, just outside of Edmonton, uh, in the Marsh, where we're coming to you live here on twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. Uh, If you're watching this in replay on YouTube, thank you, or you're listening to it in podcast form, thank you. You can see the show Monday to Friday, live on Twitch at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. Colcock says, no nudity, please, in the fake locker room. Keep it PG, Duckman. Yeah, listen, we're all about PG on this show. Like, we don't swear on this show. What are we? Werewolves Werewolves, not swearwolves. Werewolves, not swearwolves. So, we keep it PG. Tony loves the VR1 commercial. Top shelf, I agree. Great narration on that commercial. All right, let's get to fake locker room sound and... Again, if you're just joining us, we are discussing the debacle that was the Broncos-Seahawks finish last night. So you have Denver, who traded for Russell Wilson, signed Russell Wilson. The future is Russell Wilson. Fourth quarter, down by a point. He's like, we're going to win this game. Hey, Elvis, we got to win this game. We're going to win this game. So then Nathan Hackett decides to call a timeout and run down the clock because he's going to kick a field goal. You've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time leading a fourth quarter comeback and you try to kick a 64-yard field goal, the second longest field goal in NFL history. Really? Child, please. Unbelievable. And, yeah, Russell Wilson's like, why did I sign here again? So Nathaniel Hackett, obviously outsmarting himself, and we all do it from time to time. We all try to be smarter than we should be. Coaches especially do it. Broadcasters really do it. So anyway, on Fake Locker Room Sound, what we do is we spare no expense. We have spies everywhere, and they feed us locker room pre or post game. And so this is Nathaniel Hackett. We, we got his uh, post game. He was talking to... Um, and his nickname is apparently Ed, uh, he, the Denver Bronco head coach was speaking with a uh, female coach about why he didn't give Russell Wilson a chance to win the game and instead opted for what would have tied the second longest field goal in NFL history. Here's fake locker room sound Nathaniel Hackett post game.
3: I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him.
1: Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody.
3: It's true. What is so dangerous about a character like Russell Wilson is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh Uh-huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500... Russell Wilson running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body.
1: (laughs) Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed.
3: Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong.
1: Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.
3: That is why I have got to catch him this time. To show these kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to
0: nowhere.
1: Oh, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then.
0: Brilliant. Uh-huh. Again, I don't know why his nickname is Ed, but there you go. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett is not, he, he thinks Russell Wilson is trying to undermine him. Colcock says that's a def- decent Elvis impersonation. Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. So, yeah, so Nathaniel Hackett in fake locker room sound. Again, it's, there's a reason it's called fake locker room sound. I I reiterate that because we had a member of the Edmonton Oilers media, a well-known member, thinking that we were playing a real clip one time on TSN 1260. So having some fun, obviously, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett's awful decision. And did it, like we heard from Gage Snike, it cost him an opportunity to win the game. How much did it cost people in betting? By the way, if you want to bet responsibly, I have 125% bonus on sports. Use my link to get this special offer. Head to at DuckMillard on Twitter. Link is in the bio. 125% bonus. You can bet on the football games again. The NFL is back. Football is here. Head to BetUS and get your 125% bonus. Use the link in my bio at DuckMillard. And you can get screwed by Nathaniel Hackett, just like a lot of people last night. Or you can win, because Nathaniel Hackett outsmarted himself. So if you want to bet, head to uh, BetUS. Go to at DuckMillard on Twitter, click the link in my bio, get a 125% bonus, and get in the game. Bet. On the grid art, maybe you want to bet on college football. Maybe that's more your thing. Check it out, the UCFFL, Ultimate College Fantasy Football League, or the UFAFL. But bet on football, 125% bonus. Head to my Twitter page, at DuckMillard. Click the link in the bio, and you yourself can get your 125% bonus. All right, I'm just going to check the uh, poll question. Uh, for what we had for our uh, question of the day. And it is, uh, what should the Regina Pats do with Connor Bedard? Should they trade him for big futures or load up for a Memorial Cup? You can have your vote at UFS Network. There it is right there on the screen. 53.8% in favor of trading him. 46.2% Forty-six point two percent in favor of loading up, and I, this this comment is great um, from Nick. The Regina Pats have had years to build the team up. They have to trade Bedard for future. Word is maybe the whole city camloops. That's that says it. They should have they should have been challenging the Edmonton Oil Kings last year instead of the Winnipeg Ice. They should have built this team with Bedard last year. They didn't. And now they're faced with this situation, and I don't think they can get enough back without sacrificing years and years and years. Now, the good thing is you probably only have to win the East. You're probably going to face Kamloops in the West. It's a good chance anyway, and they're hosting. So then you get in already. But it's still a big gamble. Rod Peterson said it yesterday. They should trade Connor Bernard, load up for the future. What do you think? Chime in at UFS Network on Twitter. Have your say. And then while you're on Twitter, head over to at Duck Millard, click the link in my bio, get 125% bonus to bet US. Bet responsibly and have a little fun. All right. Uh, we. Didn't, we haven't got to uh, a lot of baseball news today, and uh, there are some... Uh, actually, let's chat about this uh, for a quick second, and we'll get to baseball in the second hour. Some links news. Uh, the Live Tour, they're now working their way into the amateurs. They've actually, according to front office sports, sports, grabbed David Puig, the world's number nine amateur golfer. He's leaving Arizona State early to make his pro debut at the $25 million Chicago event this weekend for Live Golf. I mean, the amount of money these guys are being, are being thrown at these guys for a college kid to get this opportunity to basically bankroll the rest of your life. I, I see why these guys aren't turning it down. Now, some of that money Sergio is going to be spending because apparently he faces a fine after he bailed on the BMW championship and and went to a football game. Sergio. Sergio Garcia, El Nino. Listen, I like Sergio, but he certainly uh, does make uh, some strange decisions. And uh, speaking of this, we told you earlier, a uh, costly kick, and the Colts have a new kicker.
3: Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. (sighs) Except you, you, and you.
0: By the way, the Colts, apparently, according to Tom Pellissaro, who put this report uh, out Our signing kickers Chase McLaughlin and Lucas Haversick to practice squad per sources. So they cut Rodrigo Blankenship. They add two guys they know. McLaughlin was there in 2019. Haversick was there in rookie camp, and they plan to have one of them uh, do the kicking duties on Sunday. So uh, costly miss indeed uh, for Rodrigo uh, Blankenship. Um, What else do we got here? I don't want to get into too much because we're going to bring Larry Fisher on right away, but we can get into the top shelf fantasy performers from last night uh from a baseball perspective. How about we do that? And let's start with Framber Valdez of the Astros. Remember, this has been the quality start king. Like I I I want to look up uh the the record or the streak that Framber Valdez has for quality starts like it's it's ridiculous and quality starts are so important i mean he tied a record last night with his 24th straight quality start the outlaws in uflb are absolutely loving that just like the astros unbelievable seven nothing win over the Tigers, and Framber, just the model of consistency. 17.5 points last night, a complete game. Like, how often do you see complete games anymore? No earned runs, gets the quality start, the win, and eight strikeouts. Absolute beast for the Astros and the Outlaws. Alex Cobb of the Giants and the Panthers... Just a point back of Framber Valdez last night. He went seven, also gave up no earned runs, gets the quality start, the win, and seven strikeouts. John Birtle of the Marlins. Uh, hitters did not contribute a whole lot last night. Just 12.5 points was the leader of Music City Smash and the Miami Marlins. He went two for eight, three RBIs, three runs, and a walk. And Bo Bichette, surprise, surprise, hit another home run last night, two for three, Three RBIs, a home run, and one run scored. Uh, He's with Northern Fury in UFLB and, of course, the Blue Jays. And he has been the hottest uh, as of late. Um, It's been just an absolute pleasure watching the run that Bo Bichette has been on. uh, And Northern Fury loving that. They're they're still trying to catch Prairie Wheat Sox in uh, UFLB. and, And obviously the Blue Jays losing today. Tough one uh, today. They lose uh, to the to the Rays, four two, two on in the ninth, and so they fall a, a game and a half back of the Rays now, who they're chasing uh, for. They're half, actually a half game back of the Rays in the wild card. If they were going to take a run at New York, they're still behind Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen. Seattle has now moved into the first wildcard spot. They have a, they're tied with uh, Tampa. So actually the Jays now with that loss today, half game back of Seattle and Tampa, five and a half back of uh, Baltimore. So be very interesting run uh, to uh, the playoffs. Milwaukee two games back in the National League of San Diego. The free fall continues for San Diego. Philly and Atlanta look like they have wildcard spots. Well, Atlanta does uh, for sure. All right, uh, we're going to duck out for a short commercial break here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. But when we return, who are the top defensemen in fantasy hockey? Not just the point leaders. We all know Kale McCarr is a star. But who are the other point producers? Who are some of the guys that... Fill out different categories. One category we're adding this year, shorthanded time on ice. Who are some guys that will benefit from that? We're going to talk defensemen with Larry Fisher. Heavy on defensemen. Last week, we were heavy on goalies with Mike McKenna. This week, defensemen. Next week, we'll dive into forwards and a brand new segment coming up with Dauber Hockey. You're going to absolutely love that. Dedicated to fantasy hockey. That to come in the coming weeks. Next segment, Larry Fisher, head of hockey for UFF Sports. And, of course, we're going to talk about Connor Bedard. Larry knows what the Kamloops Blazers have available if they want to make a deal for Bedard. Should they? We'll talk that and defensemen when Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily returns on twitch.tv slash Sports YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you. After 5 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. And uh, if you're joining us in on Twitch, thank you very much. So this is uh, an interesting um, comment from TDBJL on Twitch. It says, I've been a Pats fan for 12 years. I have seen what people have said about the franchise and their players. GM John Paddock has said Connor is a Pat for life, but in December trade deadline, I think John will look at this option with Bernard, but the Pats team looks good this year. I can see them making a run to the playoffs. If they traded Bernard, a top team to a top team, uh, it will be a big return. Yeah, it'd be a massive return. Like I said, like the, the, the franchise I grew up watching traded Trevor Kidd to get Marty Murray and it turned that franchise around. As I said, the, the Paths should have already done this. Like, th- this is kind of silly that they should have been contending last year with uh, that, uh, re- uh, that uh, Edmonton Ice, or Edmonton, former Edmonton Ice, Edmonton Oil Kings, Winnipeg Ice uh, franchises. Okay, uh, Larry Fisher is uh, going to join us. Uh, let me just make sure. It's always better when you can hear Larry. Uh, so let me make sure his mic is on, and I'll bring him in. Larry, uh, big news uh, today. Uh, We're we'll going to get to Connor Bedard in a second, but uh, we should start with uh, the news of the signing in the NHL, and that's Jordan Cairo. Uh, I'll bring up the gap graphic here. Eight years, $65 million kicks in next year. These eight-year eight extensions are all the rage, but like you and I have talked to many times, this contract could look really good for the Blues and West Coast Express and UFHL in a few years when that cap goes up.
4: It could, for sure, Dean. And I think everybody's the reason these eight-year contracts at you know six north of sixty million are coming in is everybody does expect the the cap to be going up, trending up. I actually heard though, Dean, that they're expecting a somewhat moderate increase for uh, for next season, likely only another million or two, and then that's when it might go back to to fifty percent of of hockey-related revenues, which obviously would you know, potentially be a $10 million jump the following year or, you know, north of $5 million, but the cap is trending up. Uh, St. Louis this offseason locked up two pieces of their core going forward and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo line mates, lots of chemistry. there, uh, lots to like, are they elite upper echelon players in the NHL? Or are they uh, the, the tandem that's going to lead your franchise to a Stanley cup Thomas and Cairo uh, when you look at comparatively and again, they're a little, coming in a little lower than Matthews and Marner or McDavid and dry or, some of these other tandems, I don't necessarily know that they are at that elite level to to take the Blues back into a Stanley Cup final. I think they're they're still, in my opinion, somewhat complementary pieces to a championship team. So it is interesting to me to see a lot of these young guys. We know Jason Robertson's going to get a deal in that neighborhood as well. Uh, you know, where do you draw the line between star and and complementary player? And I think you know Kairu and and Thomas could be point per game guys, eighty point guys for a number of years. That Blues team's really built around playoff, playoff hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen. They have guys that, that can compete in the playoffs. They gave Colorado a, a heck of a run, obviously. Uh, you know, the Cadre Binnington thing became a storyline. If Binnington doesn't get hurt, maybe that series goes a little different. But And they were in, in the final not too many years ago. But I look at Jordan Cairo and, and Robert Thomas as really quality players, providing that cap does trend up because I think – at that price point, uh, you're paying them like to be the stars of your team and to, to be the, the go-to guys in a Stanley Cup run. I'm not sure if their caliber is quite at that level of some of these other dynamic uh, tandems, pairings around the league. Uh, even Columbus just signed, you know, Liney and Gaudreau or, or Thomas and, and Cairo at that level. They might be. They're not far off. So it'll be interesting to see how that ages and, and who else emerges as part of that St. Louis core going forward to be their, their highest paid superstars.
0: I don't know if they need uh, the tandems like the McKinnons, the Rantanons, the McDavid, and Drysaddles. I mean, look at that Stanley Cup winning team. Who is the superstar on that team? They're just a lot of really good players, and... I like I I think the Blues are looking at this and saying we're not going to pay anybody twelve million. We're just going to have a bunch of really solid players, and we're going to play really hard playoff hockey and and try to get to the finals. I I kind of like it. Like they're they're kind of drawing a line line in the sand a little bit here and saying you know no, nobody's going to get that much money. We're just going to be really hard to play against in the spring.
4: And Vladimir Tarasenko, Dean, pending UFA next summer, uh, assuming he doesn't get extended prior to this season. You know, you're looking at you know, is he a trade deadline asset? Is he going to walk? Uh, and he's kind of maybe the guy that has the most offensive mm-hmm. firepower. Again, he hasn't always been the best playoff performer, but he's probably the guy that has the highest uh, potential to the, the most dangerous forward on the team offensively. Let's say it that way. But uh, you look back to that Cup team. Obviously, Pietrangelo was still there on the the horse on the back end and. And, you know, they've kind of replaced him with Torrey Krug, but obviously Pareko's there. And uh, I think you're right. You can, you can build a contending team off depth. You can have, you know, three three lines of six to $8 million guys versus uh, one line with two $12 million guys. Uh, definitely, there's different ways to build, different ways to win. And, and we've seen Craig Berube and St. Louis come playoffs. Uh, they're a tough out. A, they got the championship experience uh, from, uh, you know, four years ago now, I guess it is, as well as obviously uh, – uh you know the, the the type of player it's the type of player they build around uh, like I said the O'Reilly's the Shens the guys that can really dig deep come playoff time uh they might not win the scoring race in the regular season but guys that can certainly take you on a run come playoffs
0: yeah and it's uh just like in uh, the UFHL and the NHL there's lots of ways to build a contending team uh in junior uh there seems to be You know, and Kelly McCrimmon and I had this conversation, and I know you've talked to him lots, and his philosophy was uh, middle is death. Like You're either rebuilding or you're going for it. This puts the Regina Pats in quite the conundrum, and you saw what Rod Peterson said, former voice of the Regina Pats yesterday. He said they have to trade him. Uh, They cannot, and I'm kind of siding with him. I'm not sure if the Pats can build enough around Bedard this year compared to what they can get for trading him and set themselves up. Now, they should have already done this last year. Like, this is their third year with Bedard. They should have been challenging last year. They didn't. So what do you think John Paddock and the Pats do? I mean, is it worth having Bedard retire as a Pat member to finish fourth in the division and not get anything for him, if that's what they do, or third or second? I don't know. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I think I think they're third in the division on paper right now. I think Winnipeg and Moose are certainly better, uh, and 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 those teams have you know prog- you know Winnipeg's going to get back Geeky and and Savoy, you know, uh Moose Winni- uh is loaded this season, they're gonna they're gonna go on a run. So I really look at that situation thinking, okay, uh, on paper the best we're going to be is third. Uh, you know, we don't really have even 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 a top line that, that can really support him. I know yesterday Arnie brought up Alexander Suzdilov as uh, the new Swedish Russian import uh, who's gonna be able to play with Bedard and, and certainly will put up some points in 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 the WHL. There's not really uh you look up and I mean Tanner Howe's another young guy who's gonna be a top pick in a couple of years in that twenty twenty four draft, but uh, there's the core there is is not built to win now and and uh, Connor can't carry the team all by himself to the the Memorial Cup. So I really, you know, echoing what Rod Peterson said on the show yesterday, Dean, uh, you're not going to get too much different of, of an answer from me. I think, uh, you know, best case scenario, if you're a Regina season ticket holder, don't miss a game between now and December 10th when uh, <laughs> Connor leaves for that World Junior Selection Camp, Hockey Canada Camp in, uh, you know, the first weekend or second weekend of December because he's not coming back to Regina after that uh, World Juniors end around January 5th. Uh, WHL trade deadline's January 10th. We've always seen star players get traded during the World Juniors announced mm-hmm. after the, the gold medal game. That's going to happen in this case uh obviously that the most likely landing spot the most logical landing spot the team that's expected to make the biggest push is the Cal is the, the Kamloops Blazers the Memorial Cup host Kamloops Blazers uh former GM in Kamloops Matt Bardsley full credit to Matt he's the guy that set the table for this Kamloops franchise he drafted incredibly well he listed a ton of great players uh they have the depth to to win without Connor Bedard Connor Bedard can put them over the top as the the host team, and for the WHL, for the Canadian Hockey League, for Hockey Canada, uh, why wouldn't you want, you know, the the next Connor McDavid, if you want to label him that, your generational talent, your first ever um, uh, uh, exceptional, exceptional player. player, yeah, first ever exceptional player in the Western Hockey League. Why wouldn't you want him in the Memorial Cup showcase in his final season in the WHL? Why would you want him to to lose in the in the first round of the playoffs and and not have that momentum going into his draft year. Yeah, he could go light up the the U18 Worlds in that case. But he's already lit up the the World Juniors probably twice by then. I don't think you need to see him at the U18 Worlds next April. So I really think it's it's a logical landing spot. Camloops uh, just acquired another first round pick uh, as part of the return for for Mats Lindgren to Red Deer. So they have four first round picks, two in 2023. Uh, this this spring, this May, and two in 2025. I think if this trade goes down, Dean, it is going to be very futures-heavy, very pick-heavy. Uh, we talked about Kelly and and, and Braden Shen. Uh, that was a, a big blockbuster in the WHL. Feels like yesterday, but a number of years ago. And you look in the Ontario Hockey League, you always see these trades where there's not necessarily uh, names coming back or, or you know current players that are going to help the Pats next year. Again, it's almost like rebuild the rebuild, right? They're probably going to get back a bunch of picks, some signed prospects and stuff, but uh, generally speaking, Kamloops isn't going to blow up their roster and trade away three good quality, you know, middle six forwards or D to bring in Connor Bedard. He's going to be the ringer coming in and, and Regina's going to get futures back. And unfortunately for the Pats, they're going to be, uh, you know, rebuilding the rebuild for, uh, you know, we're looking at another five year window now and, and do you keep a guy like Tanner Howe, or is he traded next year uh, prior to the deadline? So it sucks in the, the decade of darkness, as, as everybody's experienced with the, the Edmonton Oilers. It sucks when you're always at the bottom. But I think the Pats are, are going to have a hard time even turning Connor Bedard into a, a contending team in the next two to three years. So uh, definitely see a trade. And if not, there are other contenders. You know, I just mentioned Winnipeg and Moostraw. I don't think John Paddock wants to trade him within the division. I think Edmonton of Dylan Gunther, I don't think Dylan Gunther is going to play in Arizona. So he's probably going to go back because Arizona has nothing to, to win. And he's one of those NHL or WHL guys, Dylan Gunther. So I think he'll be back in Edmonton. And then the Oil Kings are a really strong defending champion. I think, you know, they could be a potential landing spot. Uh, so yeah, I think Connor Bedard, regardless, Dean is one and done. We know he's going to be in the NHL. The following season, projected first overall pick there. So uh, I really think that the only option is to, to take what you can get, maximize, try to get a bidding war going so it's not just Kamloops involved. Get a bidding war going and, and trade him. Try and give your fan base that window, that two two-and-a-half-month two window starting you know next weekend, I guess, regular season or the weekend after. Uh, get that two-and-a-half-month window to December 10th and then have everybody realize that Connor Bedard will have a new home after the World Juniors.
0: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I remember uh, when Brad Marchand got traded in the queue. I was in Calgary at the selection camp talking to him about the trade that wasn't officially announced but was going to be happening. He was going to Halifax. So you're right, that does happen uh, quite a bit uh, at that tournament or, or even in the camp. Tony says Regina will always get it wrong, LOL. And can you imagine, you know, you want to start a riot? Trade Bedard to Moose Jaw. You, like th- That would be the ultimate riot, is trading him to Moosejaw down the road. But uh, he, I, I think, you know, th- there's, there's Pat fans that want to see him. Uh, but is it worth uh, sitting through another decade of darkness? Uh, is that the question? Because if you try to load up and don't win, that's you're going to get it e- even worse. And our poll question at UFS Network is 50-50 right now. Uh, trade him for big future or uh, load up? for the Memorial cup. So obviously uh, Bedard is the big nut when it comes to the draft, but there are some other talented Western hockey leaguers this year for the draft, including a guy down the road in Moose Jaw, who we saw look pretty good in the top, top prospects game
4: this bantam draft class or whl prospects draft class dean was one of the best in at least a decade with with Connor Bedard obviously leading the way brayden yeager was a top three pick in that draft he's lived up to the hype. 30 goals as a 16 year old moose uh that might be the highest scoring team in the whl next year the moose draw warriors and he's going to be leading the way very uh gifted goal scorer um you know he's and I think he's going to come back bigger and stronger, right, as they always do year over year in junior hockey. So, uh, you know, he scored a lot of goals with his shot and, and obviously learned a lot playing with guys like Jagger Ferkus and Ryder Korzak and some of the other offensively gifted players in Moostra. But uh, he's going to have a full off-season of development. I think Brayden is going to come in and, and, and flirt with 50 goals in the Western Hockey League and be a, a real go-to guy, potentially even enter the conversation for the the world junior team at uh, at Christmas, I doubt he makes that because it's a 19 year old tournament. He'll only be, you know, 17 turning 18, but uh, certainly a guy that's going to dominate the WHL this season. And, and Moostraw is going to have, you know, potential to go. That division's tough to get out of in the playoffs, but they have the potential to, to you know, come out of the, the East division. So I really think Jaeger's uh, the guy to watch. I think it's one, two at the top. Dean. I really think besides Connor Bedard, that the two, three race is very close. I think Zach Benson is a guy. If you watched the Winnipeg Ice last year, uh, yeah. a lot of times you came away more impressed with the 16-year-old than than the two guys you know that went in the top 20 in the NHL draft. Obviously, you know Matthew Savoy, a, a top 10 pick, and and uh, Connor Geeky, you know, in the top 20. So uh, you know they had two first-round NHL draft picks from this year's draft, and Zach Benson on a lot of nights outshone both of them. He's just uh, you know, a determined player is how I describe he's, he's got a skill, but he's also got the drive. And, uh, you know, we don't want to compare a NHL player to, to uh, Braden Point. But again, uh, that name has come up with, with Zach Benson, that, you know, he drives play like Braden Point. He's just, uh, uh, you know, he might not be as gifted or as, as talented of a shooter, certainly not as Bedard and Jaeger. Uh, those guys are known for their shot. Benson just scores in all different ways. He reminds me almost like a Kyle Connor. I mean, somebody in Winnipeg already. Uh, maybe even a little bit more drive than Connor though, a little bit more noticeable shift to shift as far as tilting the ice. But I really like Zach Benson and and what he brings to the the Winnipeg ice. I think him and Jaeger are both, I'll say they're locks for the top 10, but I would be shocked if either of them didn't go in the top 15 and, in this draft class, I think they'll both flirt with that 50 goals, uh, you know, 100-point type season in their draft year in the WHL. And then a bit of a homer pick, Dean. Uh, I could have went with Riley Height and Prince George. I could have went with uh, – I really think Callan Lind's going to have a big year in Red Deer uh, with Steve Connor Conowalczyk. I think Callan Lind uh, you know, is going to take on more of a role now that the the veteran 20-year-old guys that, that lit up the WHL were top 10 scores last year are gone. I think uh, that's where uh, Callan Lind really steps up. But right here in Kelowna, I get to watch – the privilege of watching Andrew Crystal develop. And he's another guy that's just pure offense, pure, you know, no uh, dynamic off the rush, uh, you know, just a very uh, talented player, uh, offensive skill set that's going to translate well to the end Jordan Cairo. Uh, you know, Andrew Crystal's playing in the middle right now, but I really see some Jordan Cairo type characteristics in a guy like Andrew Crystal. Uh, you know, he can score, but he's also uh, an equally good playmaker. Uh, you know him and Pavel Novak really clicked last year, so I like Andrew Crystal, and, and we also have Tyson Berry 2.0 and uh, Caden Price on the back end for the the Kelowna Rockets, who are probably going to give Kamloops a decent run in that BC division and the the Western Conference. Uh, Kelowna's got a strong returning group; they don't have, they didn't graduate too many players, so uh, I do think Andrew Crystal the the straw that stirs the drink in Kelowna this year uh, offensively and. Uh, he's a guy that I think can flirt with that, you know, 80 plus points as well in the West Rock. He's not quite on the same level as Jaeger and Benson. Uh, I would put a tier between them and then you'd have, the, you know, Riley Height, Callan Lind, Andrew Crystal as sort of that next tier. I think all three of those guys could challenge to be first round NHL draft picks, but I could see a guy like Andrew Crystal slipping into the second round I, I like Jordan Cairo did and, and becoming a, a really talented player uh, out of the second round as well.
0: All right, uh, let's move to, uh, and it's a really good breakdown, strong year for the WHL, look forward to This draft is going to be so fun. Uh, but let's move on to guys that are in the NHL and try to help out uh, some people getting set for their fantasy drafts. Of course, we have the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, uh, Dynasty League, which is, uh, you know, there's only one veteran draft, and then you'd build your roster. We have auctions uh, for for the uh, the entry draft basically, but there's a lot of people out there that are either you know going into a draft for the first time or starting a dynasty draft, so we focused on goalies with Mike McKenna last week, if you missed it, check it out on YouTube it was awesome, so today I thought you and I would focus on uh, defensemen and let's start with the offensive defensemen, and obviously one name, and maybe all these names uh, are going to be somewhat predictable, but the one name for sure uh, is up here, so the top three offensive defensemen and, and why you like these guys,
4: and, and we're talking dynasty league, Dean. Uh, single season league. I really think you have to consider Roman Josi and Victor Hedman still. But when you're talking about starting a, a dynasty league from scratch, the under 25 group in the NHL, Dean, is as good as we've seen it in you know 20 plus years. I go back to you know Lidstrom, Niedermeyer, uh and even back to the the Bork, Leach, McKinnis type. Uh, Wow. Eras, right? Uh, that's how good the under 25 group of, of NHL defensemen is right now. The best we've seen in the two since for sure, you know, going back to the nineties. Uh Kale McCarr leads the way. He's in a tier a tier of one at the top. I really think uh regardless of format, regardless of single season or dynasty, I think he's established himself as a as a top five overall pick in fantasy hockey. I don't think I would take another defenseman in the top twenty. Uh, regardless of format and, and regardless of single-season dynasty. So I really think Kale McCarr is uh, the elite defenseman in the NHL. Again, lots of people, you know, talking about, you know, Bobby, the next Bobby Orr already. And, I mean, you've seen how dynamic he was in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the really the reason that the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, uh, even more so than a guy like Nathan McKinnon. So I think Kale McCarr, a tier of one. And then when you get into the dynasty thing, again, I, I – res- I go. I lean a little young with my, my projections here, and I really think the way the Buffalo Sabres are built going forward and the step that Rasmus Dahlin took last year, I think his ceiling is, you know, he's just scratching the surface. I think, you know, he's he's going to get 20 goals this year, and he's probably going to get, you know, 70 points. I think he can be that player already this season and keep growing as that uh, dynamic offense takes shape. And I really think Owen Power is going to, you know, become a – a 1B, if not, a, a you know, tied with a 1A. You know, having Dalin in power is unreal in Buffalo. But I really think, uh, you know, Rasmus Dolan is going to be the the driving force on the back end offensively there. So I think he takes a huge step. I'd look at him. Uh, I'd reach for him in a, a startup dynasty league. He'd be a guy I'd start looking at in, you know, second, third round for sure. And then Adam Fox, you know, he's been around a couple of years and people maybe think he's a little older. He's the same age as Kale McCarr. Uh, 74 points last season. The Rangers aren't going anywhere with, you know, Alec, Alexis Lafreniere is only going to get better. Capococco is only going to get better. Uh, and, and their core is all intact. And, and obviously everything goes through Adam Fox on the power play. So uh, a lot of people would probably flip Fox and Daleen Some people might put, uh, uh, you know, Roman Jose's coming off almost a, a record-setting offensive season going back to the 90s. Some people would still have him in there. National's gotten even better offensively. And obviously Victor Hedman in Tampa. How can you not... Consider him in the top five. But for a dynasty league, I look under 25. I look at these guys uh, as, as my big three, Makar, Darlene,
0: and Fox. I like the uh, strategy of going young in a dynasty league and building uh, from the blue line. And, you know, if you do miss out on those guys then you there's, you know, like you said, we are, it's like a golden age of defensemen. The amount of, uh, well, in in points in general, the amount of 100-point guys and, you know, 80-point defensemen, it's just awesome. There are guys, like, these were some of the top-pairing numbers from a few years back when the NHL was in its dead puck era. These are guys you can get later on in your drafts that are probably second-pair guys. Some of these guys have an opportunity to move up as the dynasty grows as well.
4: Sticking with the the under twenty five theme, Dean, I was I was going young here, but I really think these guys are going to take another step. Uh, you know, obviously Dobson and Bouchard broke out last year. Miro Heiskanen, uh, you know, he was in that same class with Kale McCarr, and and he's been overshadowed by McCarr. But now John Klingberg is out of Dallas. I think this is where Miro Heiskanen takes on more of an offensive role, starts to get, at least get. Uh, his feet wet on the power play on the top unit, see if he can produce there. And and I think he'll run with it. I think he's going to become, uh, you know, a 50-point offensive defenseman. I think the Edmonton Oilers have the best power play in the league. Uh, Hard to argue that uh, with the the firepower they have there. And I think this is the year, Dean, that Evan Bouchard really, I think from day one of the season, he's your power play quarterback, your number one guy on the the power play. The Boosh bomb, right? He's got the Hmm. big shot. I think that's a weapon they've been missing on that power play. They wanted to ease him into the NHL a little bit. You know, Tyson Barry's a great offensive defenseman. He has great chemistry on that power play. He's still around. But I think this is Evan Bouchard's power play to run this year. And uh, I think he's going to get 30-plus power play points uh, outright, probably close to 50 power play points, and then everything else will be gravy. But I think he's, his role is really going to evolve into offensive power play specialist because he's been behind Tyson Berry as well as Darnell Nurse. You know, for a lot of time, uh, Darnell Nurse is a $9.5 million player now. Uh, you'd expect that $9.5 million defenseman to be your power play one guy. But I really think Evan Bouchard is going to leapfrog both of those guys and, and really take... The, the role as the lone defenseman on that top power play in Edmonton, which is just going to skyrocket his fantasy value. I'm huge on Evan Bouchard for this season. And Noah Dobson, uh, coaching change in, in, with the Islanders. I think they're going to play a little bit more offensive, a little bit more free-flowing. They're going to take the shackles off Noah Dobson. I mean, 51 points last year. There couldn't have been too many shackles under Barry hmm. Trotz. But I think they're going to open it up a little bit and uh as we've seen when he was in the memorial cup dean and and in his junior days uh if you let him be a a rover like kale mccarr and and just give him the green light noah dobson's gonna go 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 on offense and i really think he's gonna be a, a driver from the back end for the islanders that could again get into that 70 point range i think all three of these guys can be uh you know north of 60 points this year when they were at 43 51 and 36 respectively uh big jumps coming for Bouchard, Dobson and Heisken. And If they start to slide into that, you know, second tier of defensemen and you're deciding between, uh, some guys that are a little bit older, you know, mid, you know, into their thirties or these guys under 25, I, I, I go young for sure, because I do think we're in the, the golden age of under 25 defenders.
0: And these guys will be number one defenders, number one pairing defenders very, you know, shortly, not in, in the grand scheme of things. It's not going to take long before they're on the top pairing. Now, multi-category defensemen. I mean, you don't have to have Kale McCarr to win. You can fill out a bunch of categories. Obviously, it depends on what kind of league and what the scoring system is, but these are guys that, you know, it, it's funny, Guy Flaming was so bullish on Jacob Truba in his draft year. He thought he was going to be one of the best offensive defensemen uh, from that draft year. He's become a great defenseman. Um, maybe not the offensive guy that uh, Gee thought he was going to be, but all of these guys provide something a little bit different that fill out uh, different categories. And these are guys that you don't have to be taking in the first three rounds at all.
4: Yeah, not in a in a standard draft. These are your, your mid-round value guys. But I really think Jacob Troubadine, he's got a big C on his jersey now with the Rangers. He's the new captain of the New York Rangers. Uh, you watch the playoffs, uh, heart and soul guy, physical guy. You know, I don't think he's a Scott Stevens, but he's the closest thing right now to impacting the game in the NHL, the way Scott Stevens did with the physical element minus the fighting, but the, the physicality, the big open ice hits as well as still having the ability to contribute offensively. Obviously Adam Fox is the power play guy there. They have some other young guys coming up like Zach Jones and uh, you know, guys like that, that are going to take on some of that. I mean, they, it's an embarrassment of riches on the back end with the Rangers. Obviously Keandre Miller could have been in this conversation for multi-cat guys as well. But I think uh, as far as hits and, uh, impacting the game i think jacob truba is a great multi-cat guy for the rangers like i said now that he's the captain he's gonna uh lead by example like he already was in the playoffs uh the newest calgary flame on the back end mckenzie weger i think uh daryl sutter is gonna be great for him i think weger already plays that type of uh smash mouth hockey on the back end i think he's gonna uh you know want to make his presence felt in, in a new city with a new contract extension uh, so I, I really like Mackenzie Weger there in Calgary. I think that's a, a great fit for him. Uh, you know, they already had a guy like Rasmus Anderson who fills up a lot of categories, mm-hmm. but I think Mackenzie Weger is even going to be uh, another step higher. And these are, Truman Weger, uh, I would say, you know, uh, are mid-round picks. Now when you look to the later rounds and and kind of the guy that you wouldn't think of and the guy that gets a lot of flack in the UFHL for, <laughs> for the amount of hits he throws uh, is Luke Shen of the Vancouver Canucks team. Uh, Starting training camp, he's really found a role in Vancouver, and he's going to start training top pairing uh, alongside Quinn Hughes. So even if you're passing the puck over in your own zone or, you know, on the breakout to Quinn Hughes, uh, you're going to get a lot of secondary assists. Luke Shen's going to probably get, you know, 30 points this season. He's going to be evolve into, you know, contribute somewhat offensively, but his real bread and butter is shut down. He's probably going to get the most PIMs out of these three. Uh, I think Luke Shen, you know, he'll defend the, the young Vancouver Canucks. He's becoming uh, you know, he's not scared to stand up and, and take on anybody as we've seen, uh, this past season. So I really think Luke Shen's physicality, uh, is going to fill out a lot of categories. He's going to have a bigger role than people expect in Vancouver. And Luke Shen was a, a top, top NHL prospect, you know, top 10 pick back in the day. Uh, as we've talked about Dean, sometimes it takes a, a decade to find your role and find your fit in the NHL. I really think Luke Shen's found a home with Vancouver. They love him. And, uh, Uh, He's a great partner for Quinn Hughes. So I look at Luke Shen as a a bit of a sleeper in the mid to late rounds as far as uh, defensemen. If you're in a real banger league or multi-cat league, uh, definitely don't sleep on Luke Shen.
0: Okay, so one of the categories that we have added in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, which is uh, the ultimate uh, in realism, is shorthanded time on ice. And I'm always about you know, making as many players as valuable as possible. I think holds is an excellent category in baseball, so it's not just closers. Um, shorthanded time on ice, uh, not... If you just add time on ice, which I would love to do, it it takes everybody up. Shorthanded time on ice, and the example you and I always use is Jay Bowmeester, Like, would have been the ultimate beast at shorthanded time on ice. So it gives these guys some value that you're right. Darnell Nurse, probably not going to see a lot of power play time, but that power play time will now be shifted to shorthanded time for him. And he will get some points in that regard. So first of all, what do you think about the category ad? And these are obviously three guys you think could benefit from it.
4: I think it's a a great ad. Like I said, especially in a full cap league, Dean, you want to emulate their real world value as closely as possible. So, uh, a guy like Jacob Slavin, I mean, he had a big offensive season last year and put up more points than most people expected. So he was still a valuable fantasy guy that way, but his bread and butter is, is the shutdown. He is the modern day J-Bo Meester, realistically. He's uh, J-Bo and Slavin are, are very similar, strong skaters, but not overly physical, not going to get a bunch of penalty minutes, just uh, game managers from the back end that can play 30 plus minutes and, and really be a, an impactful guy without showing up in in the boxcar stats. So, uh, shorthanded time on ice really favors Jacob Slavin. He led the NHL. Actually, Dean, that's a lie. Andrew Peak of the hmm. Columbus Blue Jackets led the NHL in shorthanded time on ice among defensemen last year. But, uh, Jacob Slavin was right up there, uh, in, in, him and Eckholm were in the top three. Darnell Nurse would have been probably in the top three, uh, if not for, you know, missing, uh, 11 games to injury. But Slavin, I think is really going to benefit from this category. And it's really going to, uh, make his contract uh, relevant in the UFHL that he, he now will be worth his, his cap it absolutely for the great news for the, the defending regular season champion Royals to get uh, more value from Jacob Slavin. Arnie will be loving that, but <laughs> he's my biggest beneficiary of, of shorthanded time on ice uh, as mentioned uh, Matthias Ekholm, uh Again, they did acquire Ryan McDonough in, in Nashville this off season, but I think Eckholm and McDonough are going to be the top penalty killing duo in the entire national hockey league. And, uh, you know, Nashville's going to tilt the ice, so they might spend more time on the power play than the penalty kill this year. Uh, but overall, I think uh, Matthias Eckholm still belongs on this list. He was top three last year, and and he's really become more of a, a defensive defenseman, while still, like Slavin, still being... A, these guys still have fantasy value on the the standard boxcar stats as well. They're not uh, lower-level guys, not to, to rain on Andrew Peek or anybody, but they, they're still guys you draft in a, in a standard league. But if you have shorthanded time on ice as a category, these guys are definitely... Three to watch for. And and like you said, Dean, I really think Darnell Nurse, even though he's a $9.5 million guy, I think he's going to play, you know, 25 plus minutes every night for Edmonton. But I think he's going to now become, you know, he's going to get his points at even strength and he's going to be strong on the penalty kill. I think they're really going to lean on him as the, the, the number one shutdown defenseman in Edmonton. And uh, going forward, especially with Evan Bouchard emerging as the, the number one offensive defenseman, uh, so Darnell nurse is going to going to rack up the points for the Grizzlies as far as uh, shorthanded time on ice goes.
0: Matthias Ekholm, um, he, I've been a, such a fan. Like he was making four million at one point in in Nashville and doing such a good job. A very underrated defenseman. So I'm glad a guy like that, and you know, and Slavin and things like that, can g- get some uh, some fantasy worth because those guys are are massive for those teams. I mean, like they they carry water, chop wood, they do all that stuff. They do all the hard work uh, that a lot of guys don't like to do or or can't do. All right. so lastly, uh, I thought I'd throw some homework at you, and I appreciate you doing uh, all this homework, but two defensemen from each division. I I made Jamie split it up into divisions yesterday, so uh, just let's go division by division now, and just take me through why uh, you went with some of these guys as far as the top blue liners per division.
4: And now we're looking at a a single-season fantasy scenario, and... So again, I think Kale McCarr in a, in a tier of his own, he's the, the number one guy. You can take him as high as four or five in, a, in any format. Uh, certainly a top 10 worthy pick. Roman Josie, I think is, because Nashville is going to be even better offensively, I think you take him somewhere in that top 20 range. But those two are the real drivers. As of today in that central division, like I said, Miro Heiskanen could enter that conversation. Uh, as could a number of others in the Pacific. I really like obviously Quinn Hughes and Evan Bouchard sticking with my U25 guys. Uh, again, John Klingberg's now in the Pacific Division with Anaheim. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talent there as well with a guy like Jamie Drysdale. So potentially, uh, you know, even Shea Theodore in Vegas had to be in consideration. Uh, you know, ahead mm-hmm. of a guy like Evan Bouchard. But again, I think Edmonton has the number one power play in the NHL. I think it. it the, it, the focal point uh, as far as the, the lone defenseman is going to be bouchard so i got him bumped him into the top two in the pacific uh the metro i think uh, adam fox is the no-brainer and then number two gets a little interesting because washington is really banged up no nicholas backstrom no tom wilson uh you know a number of injuries in washington what does that do to their power play uh but john carlson to, to alex ovechkin is a, is an mm-hmm. iconic power play uh snapshot over the last decade plus so i really think john carlson's still the guy but brent burns is in that division now with uh the carolina hurricanes and do they feed him as a a gravy number one uh power play guy and even a guy like noah dobson like i said could step forward there so lots of good d in the metro uh as with the atlantic dean and again uh, victor hedman uh uh, you know old, old faithful old trustworthy he's gonna you know Put up his points in the regular season. Not the flashiest defenseman on this list, but probably the closest thing to Nicholas Lindstrom in the the modern day NHL as far as a two-way force. Uh, Really like Hedman. And then obviously Tampa's power play's uh, top five in the league. He's going to get his share of power play points there. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, this is a bit of a surprise. Some people would take, you know, Morgan Riley or obviously Aaron Ekblad in Florida. There's a lot of Thomas Chabot even in Ottawa with Ottawa's new firepower. Uh, but I really think Buffalo, uh, I think that power play is going to be dynamic. And I think Rasmus Dalin's just, like I said, year over year, he's just going to keep getting better now until he's almost in that McCarr conversation uh, two to three years from now. But for uh, certainly the successor to Victor Hedman as far as uh, offensive defenseman from Sweden. But right now, I think Rasmus Dalin earned his spot on that list.
0: So. Where would you, what, like, what's the highest you would take McCar in a dynasty draft? Obviously, unless you're in some weird draft like Arnie was in the other day where McDavid went third, um, like McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl. I think that's your standard one, two, three, in whatever order you would put it in. Would, so you would take, would you take McCar four ahead of, like, McKinnon, any, anybody else uh, out there, Marner, uh, all those guys?
4: That's where you have to start considering him as at four uh, behind the three. You met. I think McDavid, Matthews are one, two. Some would already take McCarr, maybe even ahead of Sidle. But in that, mm-hmm. in that range, again, I would probably, just because especially Dynasty League, Ovechkin, Crosby, those guys are getting on the, the back end of their career. So I definitely think you're putting McCarr ahead of them. Uh, I think he can outpoint, uh, you know, teammate Nathan McKinnon. Potentially, I think he's that good from the back end that he could, you know, McKinnon's going to score more goals. But I think uh, McCar can be a 25- you know, goal 75 assist, hundred point defenseman. I really think he's got, I mean, Roman Josie was in the nineties this yeah. year. I don't see any reason that uh, McCarr can't flirt with a hundred or hit a hundred. So I really think after, uh, McDavid Matthews, you're starting to consider, uh, McCarr already at three, but certainly I, I, if it got to four and five, he would be, I would have to think long and hard about him. And like I said, no other defenseman enters my mind, probably in the top 20. So, uh, speaks to the, the level he's at, uh, right now and and the potential again under 25 years old just entering his prime uh, he's got more levels to his game still and, and he's just realizing how good he can be at the National Hockey League level
0: and his contract's good because, that, as we talked about, that, that contract's going to look really good uh, down the road. Awesome stuff, man. This was fun. I look forward to it every Tuesday. I look forward to UFHL now returning very soon as the season uh, will start up. And I'm sure the North Stars have made five trades that you have to, and Andrea, have to go check out. So great stuff as usual, Larry. Uh, love it and uh, can't wait for uh, the season to start. Thanks for joining me today. It's funny,
4: I think they're at four for today. So the Stars Seriously? are busy. I swear, Cameron's, Cameron's moving, the, shuffling the deck again with the North Stars today. So there's oh, wow. uh, about five trades in the hopper. The Outlaws are busy today, too. So yeah. there'll be lots of action on the UFHL trade front. And one last thing, Dean, when I mentioned Luke Shen in that multi-cat category behind uh, Trubin and Weger, one other guy that I think really deserved mention there was Eric Chernak of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think mm. he's big on shorthanded time on ice and a really physical presence as well. Is that another... Guy just in his prime. So if you're if you're not looking at Luke Shen, maybe look at Eric Chernak if you're looking for a, a banger type guy that's also going to get shorthanded time on ice.
0: Great stuff, Larry. As usual, we will uh, talk to you very soon.
4: Sounds good, Dean.
0: Take care. There's uh, Larry Fisher, uh, head of hockey for UFF Sports, and uh, runs oversees a lot of uh, the the scouting. And that was a great overview of defensemen. Like if you're going into a draft, just. Take notes from that segment, and you have a whole bunch of different levels of defensemen that you can grab onto. All right. The Detroit Red Wings are the franchise on the docket today for us when it comes to ultimate or or Darber Hockey fantasy previews. The Red Wings, uh, an interesting team. You know, obviously going really really young a good youth movement with some good pieces some interesting drafting and steve eiserman leading the way so we'll dive into the dauber hockey team preview the detroit red wings when we get uh, get back from little mascot fun everybody loves a little mascot fun we're back with the red wings in just a second <laughs> conversation with uh, Larry Fisher getting you set for fantasy defense. Ben also chatted about the guy uh, wearing that jersey Connor Bedard. What will the Regina Pats do? Will they trade him? What do you think? You can chime in at UFS Network on Twitter and we'll bring up the poll question. And load up for the Memorial Cup has taken I think that's the first time That uh, load up for the Memorial Cup has uh, pulled ahead 53.3 to 46.7% of the vote. You can have your say at UFS Network on Twitter. All right, it is time now for our uh, Dauber Hockey team preview. Uh, We've been doing these uh, for the last little while. We're really, really excited uh, to have uh, Dauber Hockey as a partner here in the UFHL. And we will be bringing you more content from Dauber Hockey in the next little while. So really excited about that partnership. Uh, But right now, let's uh, check out what the Red Wings look like. And uh, this is uh, the depth chart from Puckpedia, which which gets it from Daily Faceoff. Uh, I will get rid of that ticker. There we go. You can see. My sleeper. So uh, we'll get to Dauber Hockey's uh, roster in a second, but my top three fantasy stars are Dylan Larkin, his good buddy Andrew Kopp, who just signed in the offseason, and Moritz Sider, who is the Rookie of the Year. Uh, Blades of Steel have Dylan Larkin and UFHL, the Outlaws, loving Andrew Kopp. We actually, uh, as Duckmans, discussed Andrew Kopp with the Outlaws a little bit Going into the trade deadline and a little bit in the offseason couldn't really come to a deal. And I think Cops can have a big season in Detroit and more at Cider for the Battle Hawks. My breakout player, Philip Zadina. There's that new uh, Strong Island logo as well. How sweet is that new logo? And Philip Zadina, a lot of people have been picking this guy saying, like, when is he going to arrive? A 2018 pick. When is he going to get here? I think this is the year. The Wings have some good young talent to go along with some veterans, like David Perron, who is my sleeper from the Yetis. I still remember years ago in my former life as a TV reporter interviewing David Perron when he signed with Edmonton. He's still going. David Perron's not going to score 30 anymore, but still, I think David Perron has the ability to be a really interesting sleeper this season. They do actually. Dauber hockey has them at 31 goals. I think that's a, that's going to be a little too much, but who knows? So Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond, Cop Verana, Peron. I like that lineup. There's a good mix of some veterans and some young guys. Even that third line with Zadina on it, if he can chip in, and we saw Pew Suter look good in Chicago at times. Dominic Kubalik. I like this lineup. I don't know if this is a playoff roster, uh, but I do like the lineup. Again, another mix of veterans and defensemen, or veterans and rookies on the blue line with Sider, Oli Ole Mata, Philip Filipronic. Mark Pasek is a veteran that's injured, but they, you know, they brought him in. Larry says Jacob Verana could have a big year for Detroit. I like him for 30-plus goals. Yeah, so does Dauber Hockey on the second line with Cobb. But, and, and Billy Huso in net. So just a really nice job. Simon Edmondson coming on the back end at some point. Jake Walman, a really nice job of a mix of veterans that can help these guys come along and groom them. Now Larry says, it's a well-built team. Nice work by Stevie Y. I agree. I like this lineup. Like I said, I don't think it's a uh, uh, playoff lineup, but stranger things have happened. But it's an exciting lineup to watch. You know, this Detroit team is going to be fun, fast, and entertaining. And, you know, like, there, are the, there is the potential for some real big breakout players. Zadina, Varana. If these guys break out, well, then maybe this roster does have a chance. And how do you love that logo from Strong Island? Beautiful, beautiful. All those logos are great. Even the winged wheel is a, is a great logo in and itself. So that is the Dauber Hockey Detroit Red Wings team preview. Let me know what you think. Uh, sh- chime in on Twitch or hit me up on Twitter at DuckMillard, at U F S network on Twitter. Do you think this is a playoff team or do you think this is more on the Anaheim ducks frame of things where not a playoff franchise, but some really good fantasy pieces. That's where I would put this Detroit Red Wings team uh, still a little bit early. All right. Our question or our top three today is top three walk up songs or entrance songs if you're in the UFC based on the fact that I'm going to see Roger Waters tonight and this is also an awesome walk up song for Charlie Blackman So top three walk-up songs. I'm going with Long Night from Ween, Rockin' in the Free World from Neil Young, and a little bit of... uh, How do I not go with a little bit of money? (coughs) From Pink Floyd. (coughs) Seeing Roger Waters tonight. What are your top three walk-up songs? Love to hear from those. uh, hear from you on those. And still to come on the program. We'll have a little bit more golf news, and we will take a look at some major league baseball news a lot of things going on that you need to be paying attention to when it comes to major league baseball especially right now as you drive into a hopeful playoff spot we're back to wrap that up in just about 30 seconds Uh, Just about 10 minutes before 6 o'clock here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, wrapping up a Tuesday edition. Mark Pesek scheduled to join us on the program tomorrow. Really looking forward to that conversation. He of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Big thanks today to uh, Gade Steinke and Larry Fisher for joining me. We did the Dauber Hockey Preview. Our uh, top three was walk-up songs, our question of the day, What should the Regina Pats do with Connor Bedard? Should they trade him and try to get as much future as possible, or should they load up and try to make a Memorial Cup run? Uh, Larry Fisher chiming in, uh, saying, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo trending up in the Atlantic. Boston is at risk of getting bounced. Ooh, that's bold. Uh, with all their injuries to start the season. Actually, that's true. Lots of changes in Florida, too. We'll see if those are better or worse. Tampa Bay and Toronto are the only locks in that Atlantic division for me, but I expect Florida and Boston to hold off the upset contenders for another year. As we said, Montreal's forward group is very deep. Marty St. Louis will get the most out of them, so not a full rebuild there either. Lots of talent already in the pipeline, not that far away from the impact. Atlantic Division will be the NHL's best and deepest division in two to three years. You heard it here first from Larry Fisher, but I wouldn't count out Boston. Like, I think Boston... You're right. They're old and they're healthy, but the band is back together for one more time. I think they're going to take a run. I think Jeremy Swayman is going to be one of the best goaltenders uh, this year as well in the National Hockey League. All right, let's get to some Major League Baseball news. Uh, First of all, the Jays lose a tough one today in uh, Tampa. Uh, They lose 4-2 to the Rays. Uh, But the Giants are getting set to sign Wilmer Flores to a two-year extension. Remember Wilmer Flores? He was everything. He was the uh, superstar, but he's going to make $6.5 million in the next two seasons. He can decline a $3.5 million option for his 33-year-old season in 2025. This guy was all that in a bag of chips, but he's just a hitting infielder who doesn't have the defensive skills to stick. The Giants use him in a platoon, and it works because... He does offer above-average right-handed bat, 110 OPS plus over the last seven seasons. So they can stash that at first, second, or third. He joined them as a free agent. So he's staying put. They're also looking at going after Aaron Judge and obviously a shortstop. uh, President of Operations Farhan Zaidi said that they could be very aggressive at the top of the free agent market this offseason. Judge is from the Bay Area. They're going to go after him hard. He's obviously bet on himself, and it's working out pretty well. 55 home runs. He's going to break the American League record for sure. Won't break the National League record. But here's some of the free agents that are going to be running around looking for contracts. Trey Turner, like to see the Dodgers uh, keep him, but he wants to go back east, I think. Xander Bogarts, there's the shortstop that they could be looking for. Obviously, Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson, although I think the, the Braves will keep Swanson. Correa is the wild card if he opts out of that deal in Minnesota. Brandon Crawford still has one year and $16 million remaining on his contract. He's 36. He's been a great shortstop. Uh, was had an MVP-caliber season last year. Anthony Rendon uh, took batting practice on Monday for the Angels. That's good news. Hopes to return this season. Jorge Soler likely not, as per Don Mattingly of... Uh, the Marlins and the Giants placing Tommy Lastella on the 10 day IL. That's tough news. Uh, the Marlins also activated Braxton Garrett. Uh, he's been out for quite a while. The uh, right handed or left handed pitcher uh, will get back in action. And Zach Eflin had a knee contusion has been activated by the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, So, obviously, if you're looking at uh, entertainment value uh, when it comes to Major League Baseball tonight, you're going to try to watch the Yankees. I mean, why wouldn't you try to watch the big home run hitter in Major League Baseball, especially when they take on the Red Sox? And you got Garrett Cole on the hill. So... Yankees, Red Sox, the game to watch tonight. Uh, Blue Jays and Rays playing the second half of a doubleheader. Alec Manoa, there's more entertainment value for you, 14-7 uh, and seven in the Cy Young mix. So the Jays can try to get back that loss that they gave up earlier today uh, with the second half of a twin bill in Tampa. They are six games back of the Yankees, and they're a half game back of the wild card. Rays, who are also tied with uh, Seattle. It's going to be a wild ride. Buckle up for sure. All right. One more time, let's check in with our fake locker room sound, courtesy of Nathaniel Hackett speaking to one of his female coaches after not giving the ball to Russell Wilson last night.
3: I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him.
1: Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody.
3: It's true. What is so dangerous about a character like Russell Wilson is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Russell Wilson. Running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body.
1: Well, <laughs> makes you look like an ass, is what he does, Ed.
3: Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong.
1: Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed the spartos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.
3: That is why I have got to catch him this time. To show these kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to nowhere.
1: Oh, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then.
0: Really? Uh-huh. All right, that is gonna... Wrap things up for us on a Tuesday. I'll have a uh, review of Roger Waters tomorrow on the show as well. Mark Pesik uh, will join us uh, on the program. Thank you very much to Larry Fisher, head of hockey at UFF Sports and uh, the man behind scouting, as well, gates Steinke, UFFS veteran. Have yourself an amazing Tuesday night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the program, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. See you later.
1: Thanks now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.